Welcome to a special episode of Feel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. Uh, today I'm working with the Nerds Drink Whiskey crew. Uh, we just uh, filmed a couple episodes of their uh, video podcast that they run on YouTube, yeah? Yep. Uh, well, we, we are on YouTube, we are on iTunes, we are on Spotify, and of course people can go to nerdsdrinkwhiskey.com uh, to grab either one of those if they, you know, if they're one of those evil people that don't want to subscribe. Oh, yeah, you know. But uh, so we just filmed a couple episodes doing their show, and so now they've all graciously agreed to sit in and do uh, an episode of my podcast. So um, again, you can find us on anchor f- anchor.fm uh, forward slash fuel your fandom. Also, if you want a list of all the other places we're available, you can go to facebook.com forward slash fuel your fandom. The list is up there. So I want to introduce uh, our guests, and, and usually what I like to do at the beginning of every episode is just kind of dig in a little bit and find out what you're nerdy about, what your uh, fandom revolves around. And in this case, of course, we know whiskey. But like, for like, what kind of pop culture kind of fandom are you into? So we got Mark, and uh, we got Jeff, yep. and we got Gabe. So, Mark, why don't you give us a little taste of uh, what are you into? Uh, well, well first off, I'm really into people who uh, actually get up to their mics, which I noticed uh, that... Uh, I kept having to remind you I when know. you were recording our episodes, but now that we're recording his podcast, now he's he's getting right up to the mic so he gets a good audio level. I love that. Well, that's because uh, I didn't start my recorder, and now we're only going on your audio, so <laughs> I have so, to trust your microphones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so the things that I'm into, uh, I, I really love uh, Firefly. Um, uh, really love Star Wars, of course, uh, from when I was just a little kid. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really getting into right now, currently, my favorite things to stream are, uh, Mandalorian, uh, oh, The Watchmen, um, and, uh, I've been, uh, trying to go through, uh, Clone Wars now that I have access to all the episodes, all the seasons right up front. Now I'm trying to kind of binge those all at once and kind of get a better, perspective uh wrap my head around the whole thing a little better uh and uh i also really love um shows that uh you have to have something uh some wires crossed or or frayed uh, severed maybe you mean like uh, happy like like happy <laughs> i was gonna ask uh, if i that love was you were uh, happy if 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 die hard if die hard can be a christmas movie Happy is absolutely 100% a Christmas show. So, uh, well, that is totally um, a Christmas show. That is totally a Christmas show. Happy. I've been meaning uh, to pick that one up. Uh, That's Chris Miliani. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's, Adam it's Oswald. really, yeah. Um, it's so, yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're, if there's things wrong with you, uh, Highly recommended. A um, blue unicorn. Come on. <laughs> is that who Pat Oops, Oswald is? I pooped. Yeah. Um, oh, so, uh, man, but, uh, yeah. So uh, there's that. I, I love Happy. I love uh, uh, Deadwood, Oz. Uh, you know, basically shows like that. Um, shows that that no matter how much I convince my wife, no, they're sweet and innocent. She will not be in the same room when I watch them. Um, but uh, and I just want to say the 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 most, and I want to see a debate on this. Whether you, wherever you're you're listening or watching this, uh, uh, discuss this now. Uh, the most messed up episode of oz was the episode called uh, variety uh you those characters should never be singing those songs that is 
that is so messed up. <laughs> All the, I don't care about the rapes, the killings, the disembowelments, the murders. Uh, uh, you know, no. It's the, the musical episode. The musical episode is what really <laughs> messed with my head. That was really wrong. That 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 even gave me some nightmares. So, but uh, yeah, that's the kind of things that I'm into. Um, right I really on. like podcasting. I really like uh, people who. Uh, I don't know about anybody else here on the panel, but. Uh, I was never picked for anything, whether it was PE class or otherwise. I've learned that uh, if you have something you're excited about, uh, you need to pretty much lead. And all of my leadership skills uh, have been earned by uh, basically leading because I knew I, I would never be picked. So uh, uh, I'm absolutely right yeah, there with you. On yeah, that. it's uh, yep. uh, so I've never been picked for anything. Uh, if I wanted to be part of something, I had to start it and I had to do it, and and so that's that's what Nerds Drink Whiskey is about. And uh, that yeah, I love I love the fact that we can now control our own media and create our own media, and we don't need any of the uh, gatekeepers. So that, that that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so, Jeff, how about you? Um, I'll go a little broader than Mark did. Uh, just pretty much anything sci-fi or fantasy. Um, I've been consuming that kind of uh, style of thing since I was able to read, I guess you would say. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Growing up, I would never go anywhere without a book. Um, now so, you don't have to. It's on your phone. Yeah, well, I still go nowhere without a book. It's right. just it's the book in my pocket is also lots of other things. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I'm never without a book. Uh, what an age we live in. Yeah, so been playing computer games, tabletop RPGs, and the like uh, since I built my own computer in sixth grade. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, same, you know, a lot of things that Mark said. Um, I don't watch as much television anymore. I would rather be a part of the creative process. Nice. So, as in either playing a video game where you get to interact with the world or, you know, tabletop RPG where it's uh, you and a bunch of friends with a framework that you build your own story. Um, doesn't mean I don't watch stuff. It's just I'd rather watch a couple of things and then, you know, mix it up a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> less, uh, you know, as far as that. Uh, yeah, I like going researching like we're reading about all sorts of nerdy things, uh, you know, magazine articles on uh, latest scientific developments and solar panels and, um, yeah, you know, lots of, uh, yeah, if, if it's interesting, I'll read about it. So Nice. Um, I'm trying to think if there's an, anything <laughs> that I'm more nerdy about than anything else, but, uh, I mean, we can all talk Star Wars for hours and all that kind of stuff. And literally have. Yeah. I'm sure we all have, yes. Uh, but uh, One of my last couple episodes was about Star Trek, and I think mm-hmm. it goes for an hour and 45, almost two hours long. Well, and that was just, you just talking about one thing about it. Yeah, just one branch. Just like, yeah, who branch. would be the best in each particular crew at yeah. which job? I think and I still have somewhere my nitpicker's guide to Star Trek, and there's actually a different volume for each. Uh, so I have, I have the... TNG and the original nitpickers guides. That's awesome. Yeah. I used to love one of my favorite books growing up was the technical manuals. Oh, uh-huh. The Star Trek technical manuals. I had both the one for the original series and for the next gen. And I just loved getting to dive that deeply into just the nerdiness of it. Well, and I love that there are so many, uh, a number of our real life uh, things that we have today. Technological advances. That, yeah. They did it on the show before we could do it in real life. And yeah. so someone watched the show and said, oh, we might be able to actually do that. The reason we have 
or well, the the reason we started uh, having audio files on the computer was because somebody watched an episode of Data listening to music on asking, you know, they would ask the computer play Mozart, and they're like, oh, we might be able to do that, and that was where the first audio files on the computer were created based on someone watching the next generation. Um, we, and we're bordering on replicator technology now with the 3D printing, and mm-hmm. people are 3D printing food out of protein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. And I just read an article recently in the paper where uh, they had uh, uh, computers that were uh, basically uh, uh, discussing and planning and strategizing uh, a plan. And so uh, that this is this has happened. The the robot takeover uh, has actually been uh, done within a sandbox, thankfully. Uh, but uh, all those all those sci-fi movies where the robots take over, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they have the technology, and they've proven that yeah, no robots can totally do that. Skynet is real. Oh, Skynet boy. is real. That's all. We Cyberdyne need. Systems Model One Zero One. Well, that brings us to you, Gabe. What are you nerdy about? Um, I'm I'm a little different than these guys. I mean, you're a lot different. Really? They're a little different than a lot of guys. Um, well, when it comes down to me, I, I I look more towards the dark side of just about everything. When it comes to comic books, when it comes to um, my choice between Marvel and DC, I always go with the darker side. I also go uh, with a very very big affinity for horror movies. Okay. Um, I can honestly say, you know, for example, um, I would personally say that uh, my favorite character's got to be the most uh, infamous cinematic maniac since Darth Vader, and that happens to be Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy is one hell of a villain, and yet in some ways you always find a way to want to cheer for him, at least to get something better or one-up on somebody else. I don't think I've ever but, cheered for him. It's more of a been like, oh, shit. oh. What, when it comes between him and Jason Voorhees and Freddy versus Jason, I wanted Jason the, annihilated. The fan service movie. Yeah, I yeah. want. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That was fan service to me. It was absolutely because that came straight out of the comic books. That was you know because they also had um, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Um, I think I saw something about that. Yeah, they they wanted to do that. I originally. want Ash to win, but. Oh yeah, Ash isn't gonna win. But uh, no. that and you know, <laughs> horror movies, um, you know, a lot of really gory comic books and stuff like that, and then um, a lot of good video games. Um, predominantly Xbox One, at least myself. But uh, I mean, I will admit that PlayStation's got the uh, they got the edge on exclusives. But mm-hmm. um, that's so, why I collect all of them. Then yeah. I don't have to pick. If I could actually <laughs> afford both, I would. But well, some yeah. would say I can't afford it either, but I do it anyways. That's <laughs> so what happened when I quit smoking is I ended up collecting a lot of uh, consoles instead. Yeah, see, and, and that's probably a much healthier It idea. is, and she get, my wife gets, uh, she's very tolerant, my wife, and uh, she takes a lot of that in stride because she knows this is instead of, and so she's a little, I mean, I wouldn't say she's 100% accepting of it just yet, but no. she's definitely a lot more accepting of it than I normally think she would have been. Well, I but, can assume uh, so. Well, mine's going to be the same way, pretty much. She's going <laughs> to just have to accept it at some so this point. This is just this part and parcel of what I am. But uh, that actually does tie in really, really well to what kind of I wanted to, the topic of today's episode to be about was um, the villain. Uh, in a lot of pop culture and science fiction and comic book and video game, there's a TV. I mean, it's friggin' everywhere. It's it's endemic everywhere. Uh we end up with not just anti-heroes like Deadpool and 
whoever else, but we end up with straight villains that people end up rallying behind and rooting for and deeply understanding and relating to. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about the nature of villainy, why it is that we gravitate towards um, these characters who are so utterly unlikable as a whole. I mean, if you if you stopped and looked at it as a whole, they would be completely unlikable. But yet there's something about these characters that draws us in, that brings us on the ride. And a couple of examples I wanted to use, and I was talking to, to Gabe about this earlier, is my daughter, uh, she's eight years old now, but when she was like six, we bought her a Darth Vader sweatshirt. The Darth Vader sweatshirt just looks like the Darth Vader outfit the buttons and the hood and all that and what i didn't think about at that point what actually brought me into this thought of line of thinking was dude's a giant murdering space nazi i mean when it's all told he worked for the empire he slaughtered people in the empire's names the empire is strongly xenophobic they he murdered children yep <laughs> with the very yeah. lightsaber that Ray now fights the dark side with. He murdered children. And so... But you can get a coffee mug with Darth Vader on it. You can get a t-shirt or, or a, a sweatshirt or a plushy yeah. Darth yeah. Vader or toys. And people are just pretending to be running around with a red lightsaber pretending they're Darth Vader. It's like... Oh, yeah. You can find you can find all the, the dark side lightsabers and all that stuff in Walmart, just yeah. like you can everything on the light side. Big, giant store displays that are just, I wouldn't say idolizing. Idolizing is the wrong word, uh, but definitely glorifying yeah. this character. When if we had this character in real life, there's no redeeming that. He's like yeah. Pol Pot in space. Well, He's like Space Hitler. I mean, it, he's yeah. eliminating. A lot of, well, so I think one of the big uh, distinctions people are able to make is, um, consciously or not, is when it's someone on screen versus someone in real life. If yeah, if I was ever actually to meet Darth Vader, yeah, you'd be pissing your pants and terrified. Ter- you're right. Yeah, yeah he's because like, he would force choke you rather than talk right, to you. Right. There's no way. Yeah. Or even like, um, even you know, minor like uh, what am I saying? Um. The guy from The Office, the boss. Michael Scott. Right. Michael Scott. People, like, love him as a character, would hate to have him as oh, an actual boss. Oh, he would boss. be the worst boss. worst boss. But people love him on the show. So people can look at it from the outside and, and uh, yeah, so there's a distinction between, in real life, everyday interaction with people. Yeah, if you actually ran into, even if you ran into someone who acted like Darth Vader, didn't without any of the Force and stuff... Yeah, not someone you'd ever actually want to know <laughs> on a real life versus what uh, they do on the screen. As far as why on the screen, that's another thing. You know, we that's we can continue the discussion down there, but I think you have to draw the line of... If there there definitely has life, to be a separation between like, yeah. real life and, and right. fantasy. Yeah, so you can discuss why they're great in fantasy and they wouldn't be uh, people that you would have want anything to do with in... Uh, if they were actual people, um, but then yeah, we can. T- and I think we'd discuss why why on screen they work so well. Right, yeah. Mark, did you have um, something to say? Uh, 
Yeah, uh, one of the things I, I I love the band Motorhead, uh, and one thing that Lemmy was cursed with constantly, he kept having to answer up in interviews uh, throughout the existence of Motorhead, uh, his his uh, uh, obsession uh, with uh, Nazi memorabilia. And and he had to explain in in interviews, and he would always explain it as, no, I do not hold Adolf Hitler up as a hero. I do not have a high high uh, opinion of Adolf Hitler, but know your enemy. Um, when it comes to uh, strategic warfare, uh, when it comes to some of these these uh, real life historical villains, uh, some of them got to where they were for a reason. And if you if you do not study your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And he says, yes, we need to uh, respect those real life villains because uh, otherwise, how are we going to prevent them in the future? And and maybe it's it's the fact that we are not uh, respecting those those villains for for what they did and how they did it. Maybe that's how we end up with new villains in the real world rising up again. And so uh, it's uh, when it comes to villains uh, in the real world, I think we need to not necessarily hold them up. And I think we do that with Darth Vader, with uh, Thanos, with, uh, you know, all these other ones. Uh, We don't necessarily hold them up uh, uh, in great honor or prestige. I think it's more of a uh, kind of a, a let's let's study the let's study what makes a villain so that maybe we can prevent villains and and uh, maybe it's a wow he pulled off this really how did he pull that off that is just so genius and maybe respecting that intelli- the intelligence it took to do that evil thing so that maybe we can prevent others from doing it as well so and I think that comes along uh, the lines uh, like Jeff was saying is being able to separate. Uh, a fictional character from the realistic uh, character, if you will. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I'm not like Lemmy. I, I probably will never own any Nazi memorabilia. I can't stand, No, me neither. You know, things like that. Um, it's abhorrent to me. Yeah. But I, I wear a belt buckle with the Imperial logo on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's certain aspects of... But like Gabe was saying, uh, uh, kind of uh, an examination of all things dark side. Uh, it kind of, I think, allows us to dwell in that place in our heads as well without necessarily having to step foot into that arena in real life, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you get a lot of uh, ideation behind, you know, like, oh, I wish I could in that situation kind of thing. Like, oh, I right. would, you know fantasize about having the kind of power that these people have or having the will that it takes to to do these things um well, look yeah, at fight club right there's times when yeah you i'm yeah. never going to do any of the stuff but there is a part of you that wishes, wishes i could. could yeah for yeah. sure um although like the the best villains are the ones that you completely understand why they're doing the thing they're doing and I think that's why they write such compelling anti-heroes mm-hmm. and villains for uh, television shows. And they're able to make them a main character and they're able to make them fleshed out like that. For instance, uh, Tony Soprano. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watched The Sopranos. I did. I loved The Sopranos. But Tony Soprano is a repulsive human being. Serial 
cheater, uh, gangster, murderer, uh, extortionist. I mean, you name the crime, he's done it. Mm-hmm. He's not a good person, but that's not why I like this show. I think the reasons that we like those kind of shows is because we're able to take this character that it would be so utterly repugnant in real life and find the humanity in them. Uh, find the parts of, say for instance, Tony Soprano that humanize him. Yeah, he was still a family man. He still was, like, yeah, he was still human. Yeah, and we get a lot of that in reverse, I think, with uh, Breaking Bad, Walter White. Mm-hmm. Have you guys watched uh, Oh, yeah, I watched Breaking the Bad? entire series yeah. with Breaking yeah, Bad. Okay. I think we, and we all watched the new... El Camino? El Camino. It was great. Yeah. The thing with uh, Breaking Bad is we've had such a great juxtaposition between the characters. We have Walter White, who was this nerdy family man science teacher who turned to the dark side as a way to initially support his family and then fell in love with the power and became a horrific human being. And then you have Jesse Pinkman, who starts off as a sleazy little douchebag who you'd be far hard-pressed to like. And over the course of the show, we see Walter White devolve into this monster, Heisenberg. And then we see Jesse Pinkman go the other way. Go from someone that you can just turn your nose down on and detest to someone that you have great empathy for. And especially with the movie El Camino, you get to see that side of him rise back up and become human as it were mm-hmm. well and and uh that's one of the one of the things that i that i think makes a good villain like you can have i think the most boring villains are the ones that are uh black and white you know like the oh the the the, the in the old days the villain would come in dressed all in black and the hero would be dressed all in white. right and and, and mm-hmm. so yeah and then but now as as that kind of thing has evolved now you have people, uh, the most interesting villains, all have some, some way that you can argue that they're not necessarily a villain. You can always argue their gray area. Uh, you know, Darth Vader turned good in the end. Uh, I don't know when you're going to post this episode, but uh, in the Christmas, uh, in the Christmas uh, legacy, you have villains like the Grinch. Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, uh, one of my favorites uh, is Krampus because Krampus never sells out. Uh, the Grinch <laughs> sold out in the end. Uh, the the Ebenezer well, the Scrooge. Grinch, all he sold ever wanted was end. love. Yeah. And and but here's the thing. It's like okay, so that's what makes those villains. The fact that they them and Darth Vader and so many others. Uh, n- people like them is is that oh there was still good in them so that hope of them that they're still good in them makes them interesting now with krampus what makes him interesting is is that you look at him and he goes well he's he's got to be uh the the yin to santa's yang you know santa goes and gives all the good little boys and girls presents uh if you uh if krampus comes to you uh basically he takes your children and leaves you a lump of coal and and so it leaves the parents a lump of coal so okay he he takes away all the bad kids before they turn into evil so just like the almost devil, a good trade in this economy right uh, just like the devil himself the devil himself is the devil evil 
The devil isn't necessarily evil. The devil is the one that he's just the prison guard. He's the head of the prison for evil. He's the one that keeps evil from escaping. He's the one that protects us from evil because he, firsthand because he's the one that actually controls evil, imprisons them, and keeps evil away from us. So mm-hmm. you could argue that the devil himself is is actually good. And so every villain, every good villain, you can always argue that they are not a villain and it's that it's that almost that anti-hero element that makes them so intriguing well, no go ahead so i wouldn't say all of them. like there's plenty of really excellent villains that from any, almost any angle they're a villain but they like so we've been talking about like the, the draw of like villains that we like so there's the villains that we really appreciate you know we like we you know there's a fandom for vader there's a fandom for thanos there's a fandom for you know just of a bunch of these people that they are the antagonist. They are the bad guy who the heroes are fighting against. Then there's also the villains that are really great villains that nobody likes. Uh, I'm trying to think. What's the name of the... Um, on Harry Potter, the one dressed all in pink? Oh. Uh, yeah, the, the school teacher. Dolores Umbridge. Yes. Nobody likes her. Oh, she's terrible. But she's a great villain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone, and I don't think anyone's really sitting there going, man, I really admire that about Dolores. I Umbridge. admire how she actually enforces discipline. Jesus, boy, howdy, did she? <laughs> there you go. See, you, any good, interesting villain, you can argue the good in them. But I think you're absolutely right. I think there is definitely a yin and yang kind of aspect. It's in the same nature of there would be no good without the recognition of evil. We wouldn't know what good is if we didn't know what evil was. The same thing. We wouldn't be able to tell what a hero was if we didn't have the opposite to show us what a villain was, to show us what a hero was capable of. Um, and I don't know, have you guys watched The Boys yet on no, Amazon? I Is that the one with the superheroes that are really Just, jerks? Yeah. Absolute jerks? Yes, I watched that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And their lead character in uh, The Boys was a character called Homelander. And is that the Captain America? That's the Captain America yeah. Superman kind of amalgam thing that they had, and and his whole true was justice in the American way. He was such a dick. He was such a dick, and and the fact of the matter is, is it was very much his his hero role was very much a persona that he would put on for the cameras for the people, but once you get to see behind the camera, holy shit repulsive cool. just and, and just almost no redeeming qualities whatsoever yeah so and not having watched i've heard good things about it it's on my list um it's my, like 10 it's, episodes long right it's not very 45 long, minute episodes are pretty I'm good s- i have such a backlog of shows that i barely have time to watch but it's worth it for carl would, urban alone yeah he looked great in it um is it does it do a decent job of showing how power corrupts? Because I assume oh. <laughs> that that well, I mean, like, not yeah, that, not it's that not and not even have. just in the superhero power. It, yeah. it shows the the power corruption of uh, corporations as well. Because I assume that that oh, yeah, if we had supervillains, you know, if we had yeah. people with superpowers in the real world, yeah, they would be dickbags because because <laughs> they could be they could be because yeah. And I always tell people the same thing. It's like they're yeah. like, oh man, wouldn't you be a great Jedi? Wouldn't you really enjoy being a Jedi, having those powers? I'm like, no, I would be the worst Jedi because they say Jedi don't use their power for personal gain. Fuck that. Yeah. 
If I have the ability to make you think what I want to think or do the things that I want to do, well, I'd be horrible. You'd be technically a Sith, wouldn't so you? I, absolutely, I would be a yeah. Sith. So, so I, uh, again, I, I don't know if uh, this is going to be posted before Christmas. It'll probably be okay. posted. I think so, I got like so, an episode or two before this. Okay, so, so I want to point out uh, uh, who, who in, my, in my opinion, there is one villain that is of Christmas that is more evil than the Grinch, Ebenezer Scrooge, and Krampus all rolled into one. Say Hans Gruber, say Hans Gruber, say Hans Gruber. No. Damn it. Mariah Carey. Don't Jesus. we all hate that song? <laughs> <laughs> she she is she she has made more people hate Christmas oh music than anyone. Oh, oh, my still, my I, wife points out she was just a puppet that somebody else wrote that song. But I think it was it was her execution that made it so horrible. I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't as of the filming of this. Uh, December 7th, we're, we're filming this, taping this. I still have not lost Whamageddon yet. I feel good about that. Do you know what Whamageddon? Uh, is that where you play two songs against each other? Mm-mm. Okay. This is where you, how long can you go working in a retail environment? I work in a retail environment. Or out in the general public. Oh, without hearing Before Wham. you hear Wham's <laughs> Christmas song, which yeah. was... Uh, last Christmas. Last Christmas, yeah. yeah. And I thought I lost it yesterday, was it, or day before yesterday at work, because they played a version of it, but it wasn't, it wasn't, wham, it wasn't wham. So I still I, I will listen I'm to that a thousand times if I if I never have to hear that Mariah Carey song ever I again. Think I'm, I'm telling you, I'm actually going to win that one then because uh, I work at, I where I work. Um, it's uh, you're talking to your microphone. Oh, so yeah. I'm doing it again. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, technically, I'm going to end up like not running into that song because I hear the same 15 or so songs mm. every single day. I've heard every iteration of Frosty the Snowman that there is. Oh, every iteration Jesus. of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Now I want I want to point out another villain that is that is also uh, some people at times we think of it as the hero, but I think it is also the villain, and that is the collective uh, businesses. Uh, that are creating way too much content that we could never actually watch, and I think it's actually <laughs> they're torturing us because we they know like you guys keep talking they about make yeah this is on my TV this, that we can't this, have the time this to is see. this is oh it's on my list this is on my list this is on my list all these things are on our list to watch but we are never going to have time to watch it all because they are putting mm-hmm. out so much content there it's only there to torture <laughs> us they're would, they're villains yes I, I would say yeah I mean you. Uh, there's like the classic villain that is like um, what, the succubus. You, yeah, die of pleasure. Like it's pretty much yeah. They, yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, there is such a thing. At, you know, it's he- hedonism kind of. Yep. You know, there's so yeah. It's I blame the House called, of Mouse. I was doing yes. just fine getting caught up on my shows until Disney Plus dropped, yeah. and now I'm <laughs> absolutely <laughs> to, to screwed. Fair, if Am you, I the only one that doesn't have Disney I Plus? Do you must Disney be. Plus. I mean, I no. don't give a shit about it. I really don't. Dude, I will, dude. Someday I will, gargoyles. I will gargoyles. 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 Oh, gargoyles. Love that. Tales, Darkwing is, I, Duck. Again, the I, Mandalorian. I only have so many hours, and I've seen all those other ones already. I watched yeah, them as they huh? aired, so I don't need... To go back and rewatch Gargoyles. So Jeff, you don't have a real huge nostalgia bug in you. I think yeah, I mean, I appreciate all of those, um, but I remember enough about them that I don't feel like I have to go back and watch them. I'm not as it old it as triggers guys. my member base. I, I found that watching Gargoyles as a um, forty-nine-year-old <clears throat> uh, male uh, is a uh, it's a completely different perspective. Than when I watched it 
uh, what was it, 20, 30 years ago when it came yeah, out. You get more there was references. Things, there was things that there was things that I either didn't get or now my perspective has changed. And the reality of it is, is that was many people call it the dark horse of Disney. It was when it was done. Nobody, everybody was like, "How the heck is this Disney?" This is before Pirates of the Caribbean. At that point, everything Disney put out was so squeaky clean. And then they came out with Gargoyles, and everybody's going, "How is Gargoyles putting out this such a dark, dark uh, cartoon?" They're bringing and, it back. And, uh, uh, there's the the main creator behind it is trying to get people to bring it back. I hope if they do bring it back, they embrace uh, uh, they embrace it as something for adults as opposed to something for kids, uh, and and they they write just a really good dark uh, gothic uh, uh, drama, you know, side. and and make it what it you know like there there's a, a fan trailer that was made that uh, uh, was absolutely beautifully done, and. And uh, I hope they do it more like that if they bring it back. But the reality, it is, the reality of it is, is uh, you can never go home again. Anytime you yeah. go back to something, it's never what you, what yeah, you as a fan want it to part be. Part of my reason I don't is that I don't want to T- uh, sully what you right. already know. I and had have good memories of watching that when it aired, and I know it won't be. Yeah, like I tried. You don't think it'll hold up? Not that it won't necessarily. Well, either yeah, it won't hold up, and it'll mean. Yeah, like, yeah, I I don't think I could go back. Like, I I can't stand sitcoms anymore. They're hard to watch a lot right. of times. I can't like I grew up watching sitcoms just like everybody because that was all there, there was. That was all there was. I will like. There's a very few select number of sitcoms out there now that I can stomach at all. Like they just do not. They pretty much all suck them. though. That's why they don't trigger your your memory I don't berries think they anymore. Suck any more than the old ones did. That's what I'm saying. Is like I think that they they're haven't. Just, they're static. Right. They're, they haven't gotten any better or worse. Whereas the rest of you know TV has moved on. We now have these great story arcs that you know that it's a whole season to get through the story. It, it progresses. That there's not this. I think that's why a large portion of the sitcom watching is coming from places like Hulu and Netflix that are kind of generating their own content now. Because I think a lot of a large portion of that format is kind of dwindled. And and like you say, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, I think if they reinvent the wheel, I think that if you do a sitcom, it's going to... Uh, on TV, pretty much everything it fits into just a couple of categories. Number one, it's either a medical drama of some sort, a crime drama of some sort, uh, a, a family sitcom of some sort, uh, or some sort, or, or some sort of reality television, mm-hmm. and and it's like everything can pretty much be be uh, categorized in, in a certain s- specific thing. Now, if you're going to do uh, one of those categories, the only way to really make it interesting to me is you totally just uh, disrespect the genre and you do you totally reinvent the wheel like if you're going to do a crime drama you know like Gregory House make it this make the make the protagonist uh, the, the uh, yeah protagonist yeah uh, make Some the protagonist antagonist. Uh, be, be that's kind of the antagonist uh, make him make it so that there is uh, something a little bit different than just oh yeah another disease to to solve. So wait, which you know, category it's, it's, is, is the Mandalorian? Is that real? Uh, that's space western. Okay, is that family drama? Is that the one? That was one ones you said, right? I think that's. I think that. I think that. Uh, I think that what they've done is. It's I think solidly sci fi. I think they've mixed. I think they've mixed crime drama, and family. 
because yeah. it is a family sitcom because you got, oh, I mean, you could almost put a laugh track to all the cute little things that Baby Yoda or the child does. You can almost put a laugh track to that and it'd be a family sitcom. You could edit it easily and and make it into a crime drama. But I think the, that it rides, it's both a foot in both of those wells. Right, and I don't think, but the thing is that they don't lean too heavily on one aspect or the other. Exactly. It, they, it's, by and large, it's its own thing. It's, it's like a spaghetti western set in a universe that a lot of people have a great affinity for that allows itself to be that but it also allows itself to have moments of levity and uh and little cute bits like the baby yoda child yeah <laughs> little kevin there's a meme going around where they call him kevin because they didn't know what his species was called so now i just call him baby kevin it you have no argument with that i'm assuming it annoys my daughter to a no end and i love it why don't we take a quick pause? We're going to throw a quick commercial interruption in here, and uh, we'll continue talking with the Nerds Drink Whiskey crew here in uh, just a moment. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I think you touched on something that I really kind of want to look into too. We talked about uh, Disney being squeaky, squeaky clean. But they have a history of producing some of the most uh, villainous villains, if you will, uh, caricature versions of them. But we definitely get a lot of serious villainy out of Disney. And uh, we got your villains that are just straight up evil, like, you know, your Scar. Maleficent. Maleficent. Um, even now they're trying to do a, a redemption arc for Maleficent, but I don't really buy it. Ursula. Ursula. Mm. Captain Hook. Yeah. Um, yeah Jafar. A lot of these are... How much of those are original content? Because a lot Not of those lot. stories were taken from fairy yeah. tale. Yeah. Almost none. No. Disney, Disney is take, not the most original you know, Disney creators ever. Disney will take ever. exactly what they want and do with it exactly what they want because they've got the money to back it up. I'm trying to think uh, who... Please don't cancel my Disney Plus. Or... Like Mickey Mouse, who was the villain? Blue or Pete? Pistol Pete? Yeah. Oh. Was yeah. was one of his huge antagonists. Yeah, like Bluto was. Bluto was uh, Popeye. Popeye. Yeah. Pistol Pete was kind of the same mm-hmm. damn thing. Just yeah. Well, and you had like Elmer yeah. Fudd and you know, somebody saying, I mean, well, those are Warner Brothers, but still, they have. But uh, you got those cartoon villains. The thing that was alarming to me, and I had a friend, uh, my friend Carrie, who runs a podcast called Paranormal Pints. Uh, he talks about. Um, as far as the villains in Disney films, they tend to go more towards the stereotypes, the gay stereotypes, mm-hmm. almost like they're trying to villainize people who are gay, mm. uh, using that as the reason for part of their villainy. Because if you look at it, there's a lot of uh, uh, super flamboyant affectation when they talk. Um, definitely uh, a lot of things that would add it, lend itself to very stereotypical portrayals of do you have uh, an example you um, can point to? Well, look at the way Jeremy Irons talked as Scar. Mm-hmm. Very over-the-top, very dramatic. Um, you've got Ursula, who comes across very brassy, like a, like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, you know. Uh, Divine, 
mm-hmm. very divine-like uh, in her portrayal, which brings her into the realm of being a, a stereotype or a trope of, of the drag community. You've got uh, Captain Hook, very, very foppish, very, very mustache-twirly kind of villain. They, it's almost like they used stereotypes in that regard to kind of villainize them further. And I don't think Disney, I don't really want to think that Disney did that purposely. Well, like, I'm trying to think but, which one, pre, like, you know, obviously as, uh, you know, if someone doesn't know much about drag society, mm-hmm. like, that's not, a lot of people didn't have any interaction with anybody like that. Right. Or, um, and gay characters on screen weren't that common. So, like, I'm not sure how much of those affectations are intentional or just consequential. Like, th- th- I don't know if there's any correlation between... Uh, yeah, I mean... It's, the, it's definitely something to think about. Right, but the, uh, you know, being overly dramatic as a villain makes... Like, we all think that makes decent sense. I, uh, I think a drag, you know, someone in, in who's doing that, uh, they're just trying to distance themselves from a normal person. And then you end up right. So the the absence of normal would be what right. Yeah. They're they're just trying to get away from normalcy by you know using that affectation. They had a they really uh, there's a really funny comedian. His name is James Adomian, who talks about how all of the villain characters in '80s cartoons seem to come across as very much you know the gay stereotypes like uh, Starscream. With his lisping, lilting voice, and mm. um, Cobra Commander being the same actor, obviously mm. has the same issues. But uh, uh, they talk about that a lot, and I think uh, as we had a, a conversation about representation, well, your favorite from is Skeletor. Skeletor is love. Yeah, I think my 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 love for Skeletor is actually my love for uh, the meme he just mentioned, which is uh, uh, a female artist uh, took took the character Skeletor and just started slap, uh, basically grabbing screenshots from the 80s cartoon and adding motivational uh, speaker uh, things to the, the graphic. And she started a, a, a series called Skeletor is Love. And my fandom for Skeletor is actually my fandom for Skeletor is Love. Mm-hmm. Skeletor in and of himself, I'm not actually a big fan of, but putting motivational speak, putting motivational sayings on still shots of Skeletor oh, I, I think is, is the most beautiful most wonderful thing it's that, a fantastic that, yeah it's absolutely beautiful yeah and I love that juxtaposition so it, it's it's yeah my, my fandom of that is actually for, for more of the uh, that, that that creation that series that, that this female artist uh, did so and nobody she always she stayed hidden for many years and it wasn't until a few years after she stopped creating new Skeletor's love memes that she actually outed herself as, hey, actually, it's me, and uh, I'm the artist behind it. You can follow my art from here, and you can now find out who the artist behind it is. But but she stayed hidden for many, many years, and nobody knew who was behind it. So, What I think is great is, as I came across a video of the guy who voices Skeletor, who was getting ready to go to a con a few years ago, and so he took a time to do a video where he's reading all of these Skeletor's love memes in the Skeletor voice, and I've, I've got to find you that video and send that to you. It was absolutely fantastic. But uh, I don't mean to think that that they do it necessarily to demonize gay culture or representation or anything like that. I think, as you said, it's kind of a... They were trying to do 
the opposite of your squeaky clean, uh, normal cisgender white male thing that we were seeing all the time. And, and it just might have veered towards that inadvertently. I certainly think now it's drifting away from that further and further, the more re- representation positive culture. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, I don't think Disney is in the business of isolating its customer base at this point. Yeah. And what it all boils down to is, if you piss off the gays, you're going to lose all that money. They don't want to do that. They're a business. They, right. want, they want as well, much money as they think, can get. So. You know, like you were saying, like Captain Hook being foppish. Like, there are a lot of guys, maybe they don't uh, admit it, but there are a lot of guys, and, you know, it might be something that, is looked down upon, but that take a lot of time preening and, and, you know, peacocking and <laughs> that, yeah, they, you know, <laughs> I can Mark's preening himself right yeah. now. Um, yeah, I, I actually, you did a good job with your beard oil. I don't see any, did it, uh, did it, yeah. yeah, I don't see right, any, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I gotta look pretty for the camera. You know? mm-hmm. And if this ain't pretty, I don't know what is. So, yeah, I mean like, uh, yeah, it's usually not a positive trait. So I can see it uh, being used. I think as I think a large part, part of, of a villain's yeah. In uh, our community, we yeah. we tend to, to villainize anything that's away from, like you say, the norm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for society, this has been pop culture in general has been very cis white male driven, right? For ever, ever, and we're only just now recently starting to move past it. And I think. Not only is that going to give us more realistic portrayals of villains and heroes on screen, but it's going to definitely help broaden it out. And, you know, for the same reasons, people are saying, oh, well, I want to be able to see, I want my little girl to be able to see a positive female stereotype or a female role model. Mm-hmm. I want uh, uh, my my black son to have a positive black role model to go on to. I want my trans kid to have someone who's trans to look up to. We're going to get both sides of that. And that's fucking exciting for me. Because we're going to get to see better character development, both in our heroes and our everyman characters, but in our villains as well. Mm-hmm. Once we can finally delve into these uh, characters as people, because uh, I think that's a large part of what we're doing with our Walter Whites, with our uh, Tony Sopranos, with our Dexter Morgans. Well, and recently our, what kind of, you were saying was uh, what kind of inspired this episode was uh, the latest Joker. Oh, absolutely. Oh, boy. Can we talk about the Joker? Um, I think by the time this episode airs, we're past the spoiler moratorium on that. I would think so. If you haven't seen it in theaters, you're just... The yeah, butler you're did it. The I'm just going to spell it out right man. there. The butler did it. Okay. No. But no, if you haven't seen it by now, you're missing the fuck out. This <laughs> it comes out on digital on the 17th yeah, of December. I'm looking forward movie, to watching it again. This movie was great, man. But honestly, I, I at least to me, I'd say he's like, to me, like in comic book history, he's the most infamous villain in comic book history, at least I'll to agree. me. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm a huge Batman fan. Uh, yeah, I grew up with Batman. And, and the Joker is definitely one of the main foils in comic books, and, and not specifically one version of the Joker. In fact, that's something they're dealing three. with. Yeah, so that's what they're dealing with right now is uh, three different Jokers, uh-huh. three different origins. But Now, uh, I believe that uh, from what I got out of this movie was is that he is not the Joker. He is the inspiration of 
of mm. like he was he was the or this was for to me this movie was the origin story of the origin story this is the precursor this is the this was the the tiny little flame that that started it all and oh, i thought what? that's what and i thought that for me that was what was so exciting about this is that that is that he wasn't the real joker is that he was the one that eventually inspired joker and inspired the incident as we saw in that one scene inspired the incident that created batman he was not the actual character he was the one that inspired all those characters also, right. he was basically the match he was that tiny little flame that started the fire. I've heard that theory as well, and, and I have to say I'm pretty excited to see if they uh, move to that theory or if they, they... They've got a bunch of different directions they can play that with, um, and, and it all going to depend on... They're already talking a sequel. Um, because, of course... When it made, made that made much that money, much of course money, there's yeah. going to be a sequel, yeah. But uh, they're not saying whether or not he's going to play into Robert And Pattinson's. by the way, Motley Crue's never going to tour again. Yeah, right. And Kiss is retired. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and if they do tour again, Mick Mars is going to give away free tickets to everybody. Yeah, he regrets saying that, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he does. But uh, the Joker, I think, it was such a beautifully shot movie. I have to think about how what I want to say here, and i got to say it very carefully, because the movie was very, very beautifully shot. It was very grim. It was very gritty. But it was also very, very real. And that's where the disturbing aspect of this movie comes in. Is because in most superhero genre movies, you've got some kind of external event that triggers superpowers. you got the lightning that gives the Flash his speed. You've got a magical totem of some sort. You've got a ring that comes down from the heavens that gives you the ability to control whatever the hell. You're an alien from another species who's got certain powers imbibed upon them or imbued upon them. But there's none of that here. For a DC Comics movie, there were no spandex. There was no superpowers. There was no real connection to any of that. And that's what made it so dark and so horrifying. Is because this is just the tale of a psychologically damaged man getting beat down by society... To the point where he just utterly snaps. And has nothing to lose no more There's because nothing of it. to lose, exactly. And and throughout society, we have both in, in fiction and nonfiction, we've had uh, situations where you had, say, two brothers. Uh, one goes through those horrific moments and it makes them stronger. And another, the other brother uh, goes through those same exact horrific moments in the exact same way uh, through almost the exact same age, uh, and he turns into a villain. Mm-hmm. You know, he turns ends up in prison. And so the Joker, yeah, people can sit there and hate on it and say, oh, it glorifies this or da da da. It doesn't, you know. But the reality of it is, is that yeah, okay. So you've got this guy who turned left. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe another, you know, could we do a story on the guy that turns right? Well, no, cause that'd be really boring, you know? Um, but we know <laughs> he just goes that, to work every but, day, but, but yeah, he just goes to work every day and, and do his 2.5 kids and their dog and, you know, and, and it's great. Although I but, say if you've got point five kids, that's kind of a villainy thing there too. Well, you know, he, he, um, he was Tyrion's dad. Oh, he was Tyrion. what? Tyrion's father. Tyrion. The, the imp from Game of Thrones. 
Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's uh, it. Tywin yeah, Lannister. you. Uh, Another yeah. Good villain. So, so you can you can you know you can go through and you can you can sit there and smack talk about how oh it was just you know uh, this uh, they're not doing a healthy discussion of of mental health and and that's not what it was supposed like, to be. But that's not what it was supposed to be, and and you got to accept it for what it was and what it was trying to be, and and that is a beautiful thing in and of itself. But uh, not don't expect everything to be exactly sending exactly the message about a subject that that it's not your mic. Microphone, so it's not going to it's not going to say it exactly the way you want it said, right? And in fact, I wrote a song about that with my band. I'm still writing a song about that. I call it "One Bad Day," and because Joker and the and the Batman are both flip sides of the same coin, because one bad day or one a series of bad days brought the Joker down, turned the Joker into what the Joker is. One bad day. Turned Batman into Batman. His parents were killed. That was his one bad day. He could have chosen to reflect on that and become evil. He chose to become a hero. The Joker has his one bad day. He chose to become a villain. It all depends on how you internalize the the things that you're facing, the things that you're suffering. And so... That was the, the the whole point of the song was the kind of the yin and yang with uh, the Joker and Batman how they're both basically the same character, they've just m- internalized embodied that one bad day a different way and took it like yeah like you said a left instead of a right, so. And then uh, so we talked a lot about the nature of villainy and and what makes a good villain. I want to kind of throw it out to you guys here uh, so it's not just me talking a lot because I do talk a lot at length whether anyone wants to hear me or not but i kind of want to get a feeling on uh okay mark's got a, a hand puppet of ziltoid is that his name mm-hmm. he, he doesn't use a microphone either yes <laughs> ziltoid the omniscient <laughs> if there was two omnisciences i would be both fantastic nice so uh just kind of give me who is your favorite villain if you had to pick a villain uh, that you kind of, I don't want to say relate to, relate is kind of harsh when you're talking about evil. and But uh, who is uh, your go-to villains? Well, evil is a point of view, first off. It is. I mean, Star Wars taught me that. Yep. Everything's different from a certain point of view. Absolutely. Uh, well, in, in, in any battle, uh, in any war, depending upon which side of the battlefield you are on, that that changes the perspective of who is the villain and who is the hero. Oh, absolutely. So it it yeah. I mean a lot that and that again makes the villains more interesting. That's where propaganda uh, yeah, comes from. It's yeah. And 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 uh, of course uh, in the if you want to uh, separate it into just the prog metal world, uh, I believe my favorite villain is uh, Ziltoid. Yes. I don't think there's um, a whole lot of villainy in the prog metal world, but so Ziltoid might be. Uh, is he, does he win by default? A rock alone. So. Well, I mean, some people would say that uh, in in the Prague world, uh, that Phil Collins joining Genesis, uh, that Phil Collins was a villain. W- w- would you not agree with that? I, I love Phil Collins. Okay, I, yeah, <laughs> me too. But you know, I I'd be the worst person to ask. I love Phil Collins. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, though. As good as anyone is, you're always evil in somebody's story. Absolutely, and and I think. That's a large part of what the boys plays on, is the depending upon which side of the coin you're looking at is is kind of what you're looking for. 
Um, and, and you're only ever going to see the good in yourself. So you don't maybe necessarily see yourself as the villain. Yeah. Even when, I mean, the trains always ran on time. Stalin never saw himself as a villain. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but uh, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of Russians didn't see him as a villain. Right, because he made, he made things work. Strong, yeah. He made the, the industry work. He well, did it with <laughs> slave labor and a whole lot of horrible shit. Well, and but, I mean, you know what the funny thing is along with that is that in essence that kind of reminds me that whole thing is that you, as good as you're trying to do for some things... Um, you end up becoming kind of a villain in some respects anyways. Mm-hmm. Is if you, um, I remember a, cro- a quote from The Dark Knight uh, that uh, Harvey Dent said right towards the end. He's like, well, actually, no, he said it very towards the beginning. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And that's right up there with, you know, absolute power corrupting absolutely, yeah. I think, is... Uh, Everyone has that potential to be the left turn instead of the right turn. I really like that analogy. But um, two sides of the same coin. That was right. That's one of the reasons why Two Face was such an interesting character. Is one of the villains in the Batman Arkhamverse, anyways. But his was more just chance than anything else. You always had a chance with Two Face. That's mm-hmm. very true. But it was always. It was. I just always thought it was interesting that it was two sides of the same coin because of the fact that it can go either way, and mm-hmm. if it goes the dark way, it goes very, very dark. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so, so here is here is a perspective that that most people don't know. Uh, is I added for those watching on video, uh, I added uh, to the table uh, salacious crumb, and one of the things that makes me love out of the out of the star out of Star Wars. Uh, out of all the side characters of Star Wars, uh, Salacious Crumb is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is everybody colors him as a villain. Everybody thinks he's a villain, but that is the wrong assumption. Now because he's villain adjacent. Well, he is villain adjacent, but more importantly, he is actually the victim because Salacious Crumb is actually a slave, is a prisoner of Jabba the Hutt, mm-hmm. who is under penalty of death required to make Jabba laugh every day. If he does not make Jabba laugh, if one day passes where he does not make Jabba the Hutt laugh, he gets eaten. That was their deal. That is his. That is his threat. His his doom of Damocles. His uh, uh, and so when he died on that barge, it was not. Uh, he, he died a victim. He died a prisoner, mm-hmm. and and so most people think of him as a villain when really he is a victim and how often do we paint in life in real life how ma- how often do we paint somebody a villain when they're actually the victim and That's and so thought. it's it's uh it, the the character of salacious crumb gives you a lot of food for thought and i i find that i uh, resonate with salacious crumb more than so many other characters even outside of star wars because how many of us live every day where uh, we have to, where a, keeping a sense of humor is life and death? Mm-hmm. And for him, it was literal. But for us, it's maybe a figurative thing. But but how many of us live every day uh, where where you know keeping well, that sense of humor the, is is the chances vital. that any of us have the uh, means and freedom to do. Uh, to be outside of having to do something for somebody else at in order to gain whatever we need we all go to work we all trade our life you know our livelihood for 
you know the ability the to ability to do yeah. yeah so we're all in a many you know the same situation you know obviously not to the same extreme but yeah how many people can say that they have no requirements upon them by somebody else in order to get what they need to survive like so we all are in that situation to one degree or another and I don't think I ever really demonized Salacious Crumb. I always just kind of figured him as a pet. Mm. Maybe not necessarily as a as a slave, or but I was just kind of assumed he was a pet. And I nope. didn't I didn't I didn't ascribe sentience really to he he uh, he basically was uh, kind of a Dennis the Menace uh, who uh, escaped from the Kowakian monkey lizard uh, planet. And he was basically just looking for food and just trying to survive. But, you know, he's maybe a little bit of a prankster, but nothing uh, uh, with immoral intent. Nothing with, Mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't really trying to do anybody harm. He was just kind of a little bit of a practical joker, a little bit of which we all got from his laugh. uh, But he he really didn't want to do any harm to anybody. Um, He he just wanted to, he was just a little bit of a, a, a prankster that, that a little bit of a Dennis the Menace was out looking for a good time and he needed to survive. So he needed to eat and, and it was uh, trying to survive as this little, uh, little prankster that, that kind of got him end up, ended up, you know, imprisoned by, by job of the hut. So yeah, it's a, uh, well, that gives an interesting spin to a character. I really wouldn't have given too much of a thought about. So, yeah, and and I think that's true of any good, interesting villain. Is there's always uh, if you do a deep dive on them, uh, if they have room enough, if they have depth enough, uh, enough depth of character uh, for you to find out perspectives that you maybe didn't know otherwise. That's what makes those characters so interesting. You know, if Thanos was just uh, if Thanos was just plain evil, uh, I don't think he would be that interesting. But the reality of it is, he has enough depth of character to where there are people that say Thanos did nothing wrong. Um, that Thanos had a, a good motives for doing what he did, and and so uh, you know, there's the the old uh, cliche: uh, "Let us do evil so that good may come." You know, it's uh, when when are you know, it's that that uh, dichotomy. I think is the right word. Of uh, are you the hero or are you the villain? And if there isn't that question, uh, I don't think you make a good hero or a good villain. Interesting. Uh, so, do we want to wrap up with our favorite uh, villains? Yeah, let's do that. Gabe, why don't you uh, start? Um, me personally, I mentioned it right at the beginning of this particular podcast. It's probably got to be uh, Freddy Krueger. Um, like uh, he came out when I was just a kid. I was just an infant at the time. I got into him a few years later, right around Nightmare Three. Uh, really, really good, really good writing by Wes Craven, at least. Um, on the first one, and then on the third one, the second one was really, really weird. <laughs> I mean... You know, they do we, have a tendency to drift towards the weird. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, especially in the later series. But, uh, yeah, I've always been a really big fan of uh, Freddy Krueger. Um, he always has the snappy one-liners, where you got Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, all these other guys. Silent killers. Yeah, they don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. And then they're just stabbing victims, and the body count rises. I mean, I understand how like people like that for the gore factor, but I like creative kills. I want something that's going to be a little more memorable in that department. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you see that maybe once, maybe twice, 
with like Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers where like they're stuck in the wall or some shit like that. <laughs> um, or, you know, the body bag one in seven. Um, but when it comes to the actual like memorable kills, a perfect one that that comes to mind for me was Nightmare 3 when he actually pops up and he's the television set mm. and says, welcome to prime time, bitch, before he <laughs> uh, rams her head through the TV. That was original. That was like a wonderful snappy one-liner. You see everybody else, including... Um, you know, Chucky and everything else after that, trying to say smart trying to be ass pithy bullshit. And, yeah. yeah, trying to see, trying to have some little quip to have before they stab you. It it always happened that way after Nightmare. I think, I think you're right. I think Freddy was kind of the originator of the the one-liner killer. Kind of, yeah. Uh, I, I was a big fan of his. I mean, everything else seems kind of secondary if you have something to say before you're going to kill somebody in those movies. Mm, who um, the hell are you doing it for? You're doing it for yourself because yeah. the, the person you're saying it to is going to die anyway. So. Exactly. Uh, although, uh, at the same time, there's a direct homage, if you think about it. The uh, other main one where they're making fun of it in the movie Scream was also directed by Wes Craven as mm -hmm. well. So... That made a lot of sense in that regard. Wes Craven was able to send up a lot of his own stuff doing the Scream movies. Oh, yeah. But then I, I think they also gave a really good homage to uh, Freddy Krueger with Scary Terry on Rick and Morty. Oh, that's true. That's I, true. I love the character. That, I think it's that great. That was funny as hell. Well, they also did the thing on South Park where uh, they uh, had him go into the dream of, of uh, Stan. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, excuse me, it was uh, of Mr. Mackey, I think. I don't recall, but oh, uh, it was a, it was a weird episode of South Park. They they had um, they had Matt Hasselbeck on there. They had um, Freddy Krueger. They had a couple other stupid characters all trying to go into a dream to save somebody. It was really stupid, but it was hilarious. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? Who's your uh, favorite go-to? Um, I'm gonna go biblical on this. I like Satan. Since, okay. I mean. Because he has been around for so long and there's so many different ways of interpreting the character, mm -hmm. you can find a bunch of great modern, like, that he's he's done really well as far as someone that you can empathize with and see why they did, like, you know, uh, I, you know cast out of heaven because they weren't willing to just toe the line. It's kind of how... Right. And, yeah, if you are given absolute law... I would totally react in the same way. And then he's able to carve his own kingdom you know, or, uh, out. And like Mark said, you know, it's all a perspective is that, yeah, he's fighting for these souls to control them, but is he keeping them from corrupting other places and stuff? Uh, but mostly it's like the, the fact that they're so open to interpretation and that there's so many different ways of uh, portraying the same character. Uh, you know, you get a lot of, you know, other villains that this one way you know the way that we've seen them is better than you know is, is great but that that's canon that's now the only thing you're ever going to know about them right you, if you don't have uh you know it's you know because Satan's essentially public domain anyone can take him and think of ways of showing interpreting you know, interpreting so the fact that he's so malleable and so um you know, kind of universal is that it means you can play with them a lot more than you can other villains that are the property of whoever 
thought of them. Right. And I think we're seeing Lucifer, Satan, right. Morningstar. Yeah. We're seeing him become more of a fictionalized character. Exactly. Mediums on TV and things like that. Uh, we're getting to see a lot more of the other side yeah. of yeah, the story, I guess. See, yeah, there's I mean, a lot of... It's all fictional. Right. But, yeah. I mean, at the well, same time, we're getting to Bible's see... The Bible's all fictional, so, you know, it's like... <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting to see a lot more portrayal. Yeah, exactly. That's not, you know, red horns, pitchfork. Yeah, you're, you yeah we're getting away from uh, Paradise Lost. Like, we're getting away from the classic, I mean... Um, Dante's Inferno, Dante's Inferno type Inferno thing. And kind of stuff. And, and we get a lot of things like Lucifer is a yeah. big popular show on TV. We also get uh, shows like uh, Preacher yeah. addresses it a lot. Well, and our uh, Al Pacino... Was uh, Devil's Advocate? Yeah, Devil's Devil's he, that was a great. That was a movie. great movie. He's great in that. So it's you're totally killing my answer. <laughs> What's your? Okay, go. Sorry. What's so your answer, Mark? I thought of this answer before he thought of his. So I thought <laughs> that's why, like, when he said Satan, I was like, I was looking at him like, ah, you shit. jerk. <laughs> so I uh, about it before I asked Gabe. Yeah, and and so uh, uh, I want to preface this by saying you can at me because I'm going to stir the pot a little bit. Mark Karras on Twitter. <laughs> M-A-R-K-C-A-R-R-A-S. And, of course, you can probably guess what my answer is going to be. My favorite villain, the Lord thy God. I was just saying, I was just going to say God. <laughs> and, again, and, and, and you know, look at Al Pacino's description of God in The Devil's Advocate. Look at, uh, you know, what he talks about. You know, um, he says, uh, uh, look, but don't touch. touch. Taste, don't swallow. Mm. You know, and, 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 you know, he's always playing this, this, it seems like it's always this game. It's this, it's this, oh, well, um, sure, I'm going to allow, uh, I'm going to allow this, this devil character, uh, I'm going to allow him, but uh, um, to torture you and to put you through literal and figurative hell, uh, but uh, yeah, no, no, I, I, I love you. And and so it, it and it, as long and if you as watch, you love me too, and, and, everything will be and just if you, ducky. Right, and if you watch the show Supernatural, I think uh, that show's season finale. Dude, I have no idea how the writers are going to get out of that for that final season. It's either going to really suck or be really good. But the way what they did to the character of God in that show, and then ended it with Motorheads. God was never on your side was so friggin' brilliant. I think the people behind that needed some kind of a medal. Uh, but yeah, no, the God to me is always, and as a former uh, very passionate uh, uh, Christian, uh, excommunicated, uh, uh, you know, ex uh, everything. Um, that's uh, uh, yeah. God is uh, from a very early, uh, from a years, decades ago. God has always been uh, my favorite villain. Yeah, I mean the whole thought that you can sp you spend your life appeasing this immortal being that you know doesn't actually tell you the rules, and you have to do everything perfectly, or you spend eternity suffering for it. But I love you. Right. But I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> the fact that, I, yeah, it's all give, all knowing, all loving, you know, omniscient. It's like either you have free will, but it's all knowing. So it could, like, it, if it's omniscient and all knowing, you don't have free will. Like, but the, yeah, the, so yes, no, I, yeah, he, I, he, I as, as Al Pacino said, he's an absentee landlord. Right. I, <laughs> I agree that God is a great villain. I just, I like looking. Like, I think Satan's a more fun villain. 
Absolutely. Which, yeah, that's my, yeah, I, I pick Satan because I, that's the one that I like. God is a much, God is the, God is the, uh, uh, he, he is the much more frightening villain. And, okay. and let's face it, uh, uh, is there any creature in either in fiction or whether you believe they're real or fiction, is there any creature that is more frightening, more absolutely nightmare inducing than an angel? And I think that's what I like about stories like... Oh, I was named after an angel. <laughs> Gabriel. So. Yeah. I think that's what I really like about like the Superman mythos in and of itself is, is yes, this is an alien come from space with the powers of a god, and we're lucky he's on our side, and they've taken a lot of liberties with characters like Homelander and the boys, and um, there's a couple of different... Uh, the Plutonian, I think, was in another comic strip or Did comic book. Did you ever book. see the... There was the comic uh, Red um, Red Sun. Red Sun, yeah, yeah. Where he landed, yeah, the alternate universe where he landed right. in Russia. And that's just it. It's like, yes, we we say Superman is the 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 way, the truth, and the light, just like God is. He's the path, the powers of a god. Mm-hmm. He's here to save us, unless he's not. Yeah. And that's those are always the fun stories to see is the juxtaposition of this hero taken to the other extreme, where he is the ultimate evil. I mean, and there's no one more terrifying than... I mean, look at the Injustice comic book series going around mm-hmm. based on the, the video game. And I'm going to talk about this. We're running a little bit out of time here. But uh, uh, the Injustice comic series basically uh, took Superman, um, inadvertently killed his wife and unborn child because of the machinations of the Joker. Mm-hmm. He punched the Joker's heart through his chest, killed him, obviously. Um and took on the totalitarian regime aspect of his character. He became all-controlling because if there's something that is going wrong in the world and I can't control it, nah, it ain't going to happen. And so he became this horrific evil, and it's fantastic to look at because it gives you the flip side of this normally, you know, white-bread Cub Scout character. Yeah, and you will, you know... I don't know enough about the the people of Krypton, but you know, we, you, you give Superman a bunch of these powers, it's not inconceivable that he's going to live for a really long time. What happens after a hundred years of people worshiping and idolizing him and having no consequences for any of his actions? Like, hmm. You know, again, absolute power right. corrupts. So yeah, it might take a while, but yeah, I can totally see that. Even the Superman that we see as the hero in all of the just eventually starts. Just how long until yeah getting used to getting his way dies a hero or yeah eventually is going to become a villain i absolutely agree and uh well i think we are kind of running a little bit short on time i want to again thank you mark jeff and gabe for joining me today the nerds drink whiskey uh is it a podcast video cast uh we're we're on youtube uh if you want to watch it we're on facebook if you want to watch it uh you can go to nerds drink whiskey.com if you want to watch it if you want to listen to it uh we are on itunes we are on spotify i believe we are on anchor just like you uh and uh you can also again go to nerdstringwhiskey.com and there is just a plain audio version of it so uh all those different platforms uh nerdstringwhiskey.com is the place to uh find all the links uh for that you can just go to uh, nerdstringwhiskey.com slash listen if you want the audio version uh the uh video versions uh are pretty much just youtube and uh, Facebook. All right, and and again, like I said, uh, if you want to, I know we we talked about villainy, we talked about the nature of villains, but there's no way we could have covered everything in, in this one hour time frame. But uh, 
definitely if you have a comment about what you've heard or you want to talk to us, leave a message for us on the show, you can do that on our Anchor page, anchor.fm uh, slash feelyourfandom. Uh, there's a method there where you can leave a message, uh, and that gets directly to me. And also, if you feel like uh, donating a buck or two here or there to become a sponsor of the show, it gives you the ability to do that there as well. Um, but on behalf of uh, Feel Your Fandom, I want to thank the Nerd Drink Whiskey crew, and I want to thank you all for listening. And uh, I just really want to remind everybody what I say at the end of every episode because it bears repeating and it is absolutely true. Everything is fandom, and fandom is everything. Take care.